0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Chit Chart. Thanks for tuning in. But I just have to say, you would not believe the situation I'm in right now. I am sitting on the floor in my office building in the gym room. It's just like a single gym room. It's quite small. It just has a couple of machines in it and a little space and some weights. And I only recently discovered that this was a thing. So I started booking it out and then it occurred to me I need a space that's empty so that I can record my podcast without having to kick my parents out of the house. Hold on a sec, I think I'm missing a trick here. So I decided it would be a good idea to use this room to also record my podcast episodes which probably, I mean I don't know what the acoustics are like, I feel like I can hear a lot of echoing right now and I apologise if you can hear that in the podcast as well. But you really are going to have to deal with it because I'm not going to get a chance to do this again because I'm so busy. But also I realised that because this room is in the basement, you can hear people walking on the road outside and you can also hear a lot of doors slamming. I don't know if you just heard that one because there's a toilet like right opposite the room. So that's going to be fun for you guys. Welcome to India Diaries 2. This one's going to be all about Jaipur and Agra. The first one was about Delhi. So if you haven't listened to that and you're just tuning into this and you're like, why are you talking about India? It's because I went there for the first time and I've already done an India diary about Delhi and what I thought of it. So if you haven't listened to that, go and listen to that first because... It's just not going to make sense if you don't. But if you did listen to it, thank you. Thank you. And thanks for tuning into this one as well. Let's get cracking. We went to Agra for like a day trip while we were in Delhi. We got the train there, which I was a bit apprehensive about, as I always seem to be a bit apprehensive about everything we did in India, because I think it's just one of those places where you're like, I don't know how this is gonna go but let's just see what happens but my dad booked a train before we left and he'd also booked a meal on this train because I think the journey was like it was longer than two hours I don't know yeah two hours maybe it didn't feel like that long like maybe two hours three hours and so we would get a meal on the train and in my head I had envisioned very slumdog millionaire-esque trains you know I think there's a bit in the film where he climbs on top of the train and they're like sitting on top of the train And from all the Bollywood films I've seen there's always one person in the couple on the train and then the other person's like running after them on the platform and then they jump onto the plane onto the plane onto the train last minute because they're like oh I love you and like India have those kind of trains where you can just jump on and off. There's not any automatic door situation really. So that's kind of what I was envisioning, and I was like, mm, okay, this will be interesting. But like my, I carried through with my mentality. It's just gonna go with it. What happened, happened You know, no stress. Let's just embrace it. Another thing was that the friends that we'd made in Delhi, we were talking to them about going to Agra and talking about getting the train. And my dad said he'd booked a meal, and one of the members of the family had said to us don't eat that food like you are not going to be well if you eat that food like you definitely gonna get the shits and I was like "Hmm, okay that's gonna be tricky because I also don't want to have to go to the toilet on the train because I'm not expecting the toilets in this country on trains are fucking filthy I wasn't gonna expect more In India. So I was like, I don't wanna have to be going to the toilet like that on the train. So I was a bit we were all a bit skeptical about what the food was gonna be like, and we were like, it's fine. Like I took loads of snacks with me, and I was like, it's fine, if you know, we don't have to eat it. We've booked it, but it's whatever, we'll just we don't have to eat it, we can just say no, we don't want any. Dad had booked this, like I guess it was the equivalent of like a business class section on the train, and it was actually Really nice. I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't like first class that you get here, but the chairs were really wide and comfortable. It was clean. It was it was fine. It did the job. It was a nice carriage on the train. I'd seen the rest of the train, not as nice, but our carriage was very nice because I think my dad paid a bit extra to like get in the nice carriage. So again, that that comes in that perhaps not getting the most authentic experience, but at the same time like perhaps wouldn't have enjoyed that as much or perhaps I would I don't know but I at the time really appreciated that I had loads of leg room and I had a really wide chair and I was very comfortable and we were getting good food another thing about the food is that I'd seen when Gordon Ramsay he did a food program where he went to India and he was on the train watching how they cook the train food (laughs) and that had scarred me a bit I was just thinking of that as they came with the food I was just thinking of how I'd seen them make it and it's let's just say it's not the most hygienic thing yeah it was a bit skeptical but the food eventually came the guy serving the food he was so cute and smiley he like came around with like snacks at first and I'm not talking just like a snack it was like a whole tray of snacks I had like a little muffin cake thing peanut cereal crackers sugar crackers what else was that like there was juice there was yogurt which I didn't have I didn't have the yogurt but I can't even remember but there was loads of stuff and I was like whoa okay like wasn't expecting this what a treat and then we had obviously I couldn't eat all of it so I was stashing the snacks in my rucksack like the thrifty person I am I thought well we don't know when we're next going to be able to get safe snacks I'm going to stuff these all in my rucksack and I had them we still have the snacks we've been back in England for I think nearly three weeks now I still have the peanuts in not in my rucksack but they have moved now to the food cupboard and I will not throw them away I will eat them eventually just not anytime soon because i don't really don't really eat peanuts that much by themselves but anyway we got a newspaper as well which i loved we got given the times of india and then the lunch came out and it was a it was a prontar. it was, I can't remember if it was plain or if it had a potato in it, I can't remember, but it was a prontar. and if you don't know what a is, it's like bread, but not bread as you know it. It's like a roti or roti, as you might call it, which is like, god how do I describe this? It's like a pizza base, but not hard, kind of floppy, a floppy pizza base. Tastes a little bit different, but yeah, I mean, if you don't know what it is, then you're missing out and you should try it because they are delicious. But he bought round Bronte and I think he brought round like a paneer dish as well. And because we'd gone for the vegetarian option. I can't remember if I ate the mini. I don't think I did because after all the snacks, I was pretty full. We'd also just had a massive breakfast because obviously it was included in our hotel. So my dad was like, eat all that you can. Even when you feel sick, keep on eating. Like literally, you know that McDonald's advert where it's like, like getting your money's worth. That is my dad eat as much breakfast as physically possible. So, which he did every morning. And I was like, I don't even eat breakfast anyway. So I was like, this is really asking a lot of me. Um, I can't cope. Yeah, the food was fine. No dodgy tummies. Everything was good. Then when we got the train back, we got more snacks. It was amazing. I was like, oh my God, the snacks just keep on coming. I love it. Anything in this world that I love a lot, it's free snacks. I just love. Free snacks, free food in general. And see I'm saying free and it's just occurring to me that it it's literally just occurred to me that it wasn't free. My dad paid for it. It wasn't really free. It was unexpected, you know? Unexpected food is like my favourite kind of food where you think, Oh, there's not gonna be any food there. It's like when you go to a house party and you think, Oh it's a house party, you know, it's just gonna be drinking. Uh And then you go and there are snacks and it's like the best thing ever. And you're like, oh my God, yes, peanuts. (laughs) The train to Agra was great. I did really like the whole train experience. I just thought it was crazy how, you know, I was sitting there on the train, this train was going through and there's just people on the tracks. There's cows on the tracks. There's, we saw some pigs, some boars. Some kind of pig animal on the tracks, just walking across, you know, people living right next to the tracks. They just it's just great it's I mean it's not great it's it's dangerous and all that but it's also so like that's one of the things that I just generally loved so much about India is just like the free nature of it all it's like you want to walk across some train tracks yeah go for it because of course you're going to because you need to get to the other side you know like even when we were at the train station and people were jumping down from the platform crossing the tracks and going to the other platform because why wouldn't you you know you're on the wrong platform you're not going to go all the way up the bloody stairs and then cross the bridge and then come down just go across the tracks and there were like monkeys on the tracks as well and it was great I really loved that and I loved seeing that um I thought it was I thought it was really great but yeah so we arrived in Agra and we had a driver there we had a tour guide when we got there and it was the first time since being in India that I'd seen animals on the road because in Delhi unless my memory is failing me which wouldn't surprise me because my memory's quite bad um so I can't recall seeing any animals on the road in Delhi and I feel like Delhi is just too traffic heavy, it's too busy, and I think they probably, because it is the capital, probably have more controls about animals being on the road, so... It didn't really happen very often or not that I can remember while I was there. However, in Agra, there were cows in the road. They were just walking around and like I really liked that. It was because, you know, I wasn't trying to live there. I can imagine if I was trying to live there and I was trying to get to work you know I'd be like can you move out the fucking way but because I was just there like la-di-da having a whale of a time I was like oh the cow wants to chill there for a bit it's fine we're not in any rush though." So it was really nice to just see like cows walking around you and Just being kind of like that close to animals, which we never, apart from like pets, in the UK, you never really get that close to animals. Like we get gassed if like a squirrel comes near us and we're like, oh my God, a squirrel. And we like try and take pictures of it. And it's like, the monkey's gonna come near you, like in India, like if you look at it for too long. I literally touched an elephant and got to ride it and feed it. But that is coming later. But yeah, so we finally got to Agra and we went straight to the Taj Mahal because Agra gets super hot. Agra gets really, really hot and especially the Taj Mahal area because it's all marble. Um, So it gets really, really hot. So we were wanting to get that done by midday so that, you know, the midday sun wasn't shining down on us. We got there and it it was actually... I mean it was hot but it was bearable and then actually as the day went on it was like oh my god even the duration of the time that we were at the Taj Mahal it was so the air was very heavy it was very hot so I'm glad that we went early but I just I had I think you know the Taj Mahal it's one of the wonders of the world you have naturally really big expectations for it but I had kind of told myself I think as a defense mechanism like it's probably you might not be that impressed by it you might not be that wowed by it like don't feel disheartened if you don't feel like in awe of it and I was kind of expecting like a Statue of Liberty situation where I don't know like if you've been to New York I don't know how you felt about New York I have mixed feelings about it and especially the Statue of Liberty like we were on the ferry to Ellis Island and it you know I was really hoping to feel like a like an immigrant in the 1920s seeing the Statue of Liberty and like being fulfilled of all my hopes and dreams that I was going to embark on the American dream and change my life and all that jazz you know because that was like the first sign of coming into New York and when I saw it I was like oh that's okay like it was cool but I was like okay it's quite small like the Statue of Liberty is smaller than I thought and I'm not the only one to think that so don't start being like what are you on because I've heard it for count from countless people and I was kind of expecting the same reaction to the Taj Mahal however that was not the case I felt this like real sense of excitement before we went in because it's like behind a kind of wall kind of fort thing so there's a red wall with an archway and you go through it and that's where you're in the Taj Mahal and those those um iconic like that iconic strip of water that's in front of it with the fountains that are never on, where Diana sat on the bench, the famous Diana bench, where all famous people sit on that white bench in front of it. So all that garden area is actually behind this big wall. Um, So we were outside and our tour guide was giving us a bit of history about it and I felt really excited by, by going in. I really wanted to go in and see it. And then you walk through this archway and you can see... It's quite, because the gardens in the front are quite big. I don't think a lot of people realise it's quite a big space. And in the distance, you just see the Taj Mahal, like really faintly in the distance. And also the air is quite smoggy. So you can't see it crystal clear. You can just see this thing in the distance. And it is very awe-inspiring. I thought as soon as you catch the first glimpse of the Taj Mahal, it's like, wow. And you step out and you see it. And it's just like, wow, this is really something it's so grand and beautiful and picturesque just everything about it and what I especially loved about the Taj Mahal in terms of it being a tourist attraction is that I didn't feel like it was ruined from being a tourist attraction you can go to places that are these well-renowned historical sites in the world and you just feel like they're kind of ruined because Of how many tourists there, because of how the tourists are acting, because of all the selfie taking and the picture taking and of course there was a lot of picture taking, people trying to balance it on their hand, you know, like they do with the leaning tower of Pisa, like they stand in front of it and try and look like they're pushing it over and I mean, why would you do that honestly? Like I'm judging I'm I am I'm just gonna come out and say I'm judging you if you do that. Like why? Stop. It's not cool. And it's not funny. Yeah, I really appreciated how everyone was just very respectful of the area. It wasn't ruined by how touristy it was, which I loved. And it was just really stunning. What I didn't realise about it is that it has so much history in it. It has so much of a storyline that goes with it and I didn't realise that before, but our tour guide was telling us, you know, well, the Mughal Emperor at the time had built it for his wife because he was so in love with his wife. She died. So she he built her this it's a tomb. Like that's what the Taj Mahal is. It's a tomb where her tomb lays inside the Taj Mahal Palace and it's right at the like the inside of the Taj Mahal actually the bits that you can walk around is not very large but it's just it's just amazing and it just has everything the architecture of it for that period of time between 1631 and 1648 we're going to go with that but for that period of time the architecture was so advanced and so clever it has i believe it is urdu it's either urdu or arabic I think it might be Urdu, on, written on the marble outside. But it's not actually written, it's like in the marble. And he was explaining all the science behind the type of marble they used, the way they set the colours in the marble, the amount of work it took. It's just amazing. And the the writing, this writing that goes... The, obviously the Taj Mahal is fucking massive. And when you stand from the bottom it looks like all the writing is the same size because they deliberately made the writing... Oh, my God, the lights just went off because I hadn't been moving. That was well um the writing gets bigger the higher up the Taj Mahal it goes so that it always looks like it's the same size just stuff like that it's just such like especially for that time like such clever thinking we also learned that um the four pillars around the Taj Mahal were built at an angle, so that they they realised that, I think Agra, our Taurus Guy was trying to explain, like Agra either is or was prone to earthquakes. And so obviously they did, at the time, you know, they didn't know an earthquake was an earthquake. They didn't know it was the tectonic plates, whatever. I don't know what an earthquake is. Something about tectonic plates, like wobbling or whatever. <laughs> That's really... <laughs> I shouldn't admit that I don't know exactly what an earthquake is. My geography teacher would be really disappointed in me oh well I hated geography it was fucking boring sorry no offense to people who like it but oh my god anyway I was much more into the history which is why I think I was loving these like history lessons so much but they clocked that okay this this thing happens where the earth shakes and things collapse and things fall over so they built the four pillars at an angle so that if there was to be an earthquake and if the pillars were to collapse, they would collapse outwardly and not onto the tomb because the emperor at the time did not want this building to be damaged in any way. Like, it was for his wife and his wife was absolutely everything. Like, he was so in love with her, like, kind of obsessed, to be honest. That's a lot of pressure. If I was the wife, I'd be like, mate, please cool it a bit like i'm suffocating with your love um i'm just saying that because i'm single and bitter yeah and it's just stuff like that and it was so interesting and so clever and i was really it was i thought it was really awe-inspiring just the whole thing and it was really lovely and going inside and seeing the tomb seeing the wife in the middle and the, the emperor on the side like he's just on the side of her one because it was all about her like everything was always about her and yeah it was just it was really grand and really amazing and beautiful and stunning and there's a reason why it's a wonder of the world because it is wonderful I definitely recommend 10 out of 10 would recommend go to the Taj Mahal while we were in Agra we also went to the Agra fort which is Where if you go to Delhi or you might know of the Red Fort in Delhi, turns out that's actually just a copy of the Agra Fort. So it's again, it's this massive Red Fort in Agra that was the main residence of the Mughal emperors before they moved to Delhi. So that when they did move to Delhi, they just built a replica of the fort so the one in Delhi is just like a replica it's basically exactly the same so we went to see the original in Agra and again just the architecture in both Agra and uh, Jaipur I just thought that architecture really blew me away I just love the buildings I loved the way that things looked it was so like aesthetically pleasing I loved the high arches but they were like rounded arches with designs so it wasn't just a a straight-edged arch it had designs in it the intricate details in the marble Agra and I think Jaipur as well but Agra mainly is like really like well known for its marble that it produces because of the Taj Mahal and just the way that they do it all and it's just so beautiful god i got some great insta content like just the patterns the designs i love it i loved it so we went to see the Agra fort as well which was which was great and really interesting and again had loads of history and it, what what I think I loved so much about Agra and Jaipur was that it did feel a bit like a history trip like we were going to all these really historical sites and learning all about them and I loved that because I am a bit of a history nerd and I just love learning about stuff like that and yeah I just I thought it was amazing then we potted about Agra for a bit we went to see We also went to see some other things and we got the train back, spent another day in Delhi. And then when our time finished in Delhi, we went to Jaipur. I knew that Jaipur was going to be a bit prettier. It was going to be more aesthetically pleasing, but I didn't really have any other expectations for it other than that. I kind of just knew that it was going to be... Nice to be there. I didn't know how the people were going to differ kind of thing. And it was our first time properly going out of a big city. You know, we'd been in Delhi and it was like, yes, it's very different to London and it's very different to other big cities cities i've been to but it was still a city like and it was still the capital city so you know that it's going to have a certain degree of quality in things and a certain degree of surveillance on things whereas so this was the first state that we were going to where i was like mm, i actually don't know how it's going to differ and i don't know what to expect um we got there and it was great for everyone except for my mom <laughs> so we got to jaipur And we were outside of the airport and we were waiting for a taxi driver, obviously, because obviously he wasn't there. He was bringing the car around, waiting for him to arrive. And we were standing outside. (laughs) There were like pigeons on the netting, there was like netting on the on the roof, kind of it wasn't really a roof, but like the bit overhead and there were pigeons sat on the netting and a pigeon did a shit on my mum and it was really funny and it shot on my mum's head. And it was supposed to be good luck, so we were like, This is a good sign, like this is a good start and she was like, This is a shit start. This is a rubbish start to jive for and I was like, No, it's good luck. So then We got to our hotel, everything was very lovely, the people were very lovely, and we had some delicious food in our hotel because we got there and we were like super hungry, and we were like, let's just get some food in us and then we can go and do stuff. So we had some food in our hotel restaurant, and it's actually a chain and it does. It does Indian food, but like with a twist, with like a kind of contemporary twist. They try and like present things really differently. Like they presented one thing. I can't remember what it was, but it was with like nitrous oxide. Is that what it is? When it's like all foamy, but and it comes out, it was that and it was like, this is so good. The food was so nice. Then we went to the Amber Fort, which as you can probably tell, it's a fort That is amber in colour. And the Amber Fort was the residence of the Maharajas. And it was just awe-inspiring. It was beautiful. It was so huge. And so many parts of it... There, the colour, of it's amber, obviously the stone is amber coloured and it just adds this real, I want to say like Indian aesthetic to it. It's just a very, it just in India looks so, in the climate, in the environment, in the setting, just looks so stunning and so impressive. We went there and we learned about the history there as well. The thing that was a bit of a standout to me was that you know, our tour guide was taking us, and he said, okay, so you can either, we can either drive up to the Amber Fort, because it's up on this, on this big hill, or you can get an elephant ride up to the Amber Fort, and me and my sister kind of looked at each other, because it was kind of we love elephants they're like one of my favorite animals like i think i feel like i could be friends with an elephant you know but anyway i've thought about this way too long and hard but yeah so you could get an elephant to take you up and they have those kind of chair seat things on top of the elephant and they just go in rounds and there's obviously quite a few elephants and they take you up and then they come back down and they take you up and come back down and we decided not to do that because it just didn't sit well with us and it didn't sit well with me that I don't know to what degree they're being looked after and treated well but there must be an element of fear installed in them otherwise they wouldn't do that job their elephants their animals like they shouldn't have a job to do and that's it's their job to take people up there and i i just that didn't sit well with me and i didn't think that was very fair to them and also i didn't know how they were being treated and also those um chair things are actually really uncomfortable for them on their back and then you imagine like the weight of two humans on top of that because their backs aren't flat they're not they're not made for for having those chair things on so we decided not to go for that which I'm quite happy about I don't feel like I missed out on an experience there it was like riding an elephant wasn't I, I eventually got to do it but it wasn't something that I felt like I wanted to meet one and touch it and feed it or whatever and like just be in its company but riding one wasn't a priority to me. like why should they carry me on their back kind of thing but it was really cool actually in Jaipur one of the things I was talking about seeing animals on the road earlier one thing I loved about Jaipur it was the number of animals on the road there were elephants this was the first time I'd seen elephants on the road just casually walking down like literally we're talking imagine like an a road here you're just driving through town And you look to your right and there's, oh, there's just an elephant casually strolling beside you with someone on it. And, oh, you look to your left and there's a bunch of camels just chilling on the side of the road. And cows and everything. And it was just great. I loved it. The city was just so full of history. Jaipur, sorry, I'm just repositioning myself because my ass has gone numb. I'm literally sitting on the floor on a yoga mat. Can we just, if you could see me, honestly, this is sad. This is so sad. Someone sponsor me so I can get a studio. Yeah, the places was just so full of history. And I I really loved it. I really loved learning about all of that because I just, I didn't know. And it really, while I was in India, it was really, I really noticed the lack of knowledge I had about the country. Just because I know that when I was doing my history A-level, I know that people are laughing outside. Can you not? Please. I did Britain... British and Irish history so we did like the Britain and Ireland conflict but I know that there was also a Britain and India uh, module that you could do and we didn't do that one but I would have loved to I think um, just learn about all of that stuff but I mean I learned about it when I went so That was equally... I got there eventually. But there's just such a lack of knowledge about not only British rule in India. There's such a lack of knowledge in this country, in the UK, about British rule in India. But also just about, like, Indian history. It's so full of it. And it's just so amazing and detailed and intricate. And it's full of, like, blood and war and love and music and just religion and spirituality and it's so rich like everything like the food like the colors like the smells everything is so rich and full and hearty and you just want to like take it all in in jaipur also there is a place called jantar mantar which is a it's a collection of very, very, very old scientific structures. So it is home of the world's largest stone sundial. Now you might hear that and think, who gives a fuck? Honestly, so fucking cool. It is a massive 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 structure like really grand and it is precise i think it's just something like 11 seconds or 12 something 12 seconds it is precise on the time now when it was built and this is what i mean again the same as um the taj mahal just the amount of knowledge and intelligence and science that went into these structures way 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 back like we're talking way back. they didn't have any fucking calculators to use. It was insane. It was amazing the fact that they managed to create these stone structures to tell the time and tell direction and all of that. It was just really, really impressive. And there were also these like horoscope structures as well because Indians very, believe a lot about like horoscopes and the sun and the moon and the stars and all of that jazz they believe in like compatibility of the horoscopes and stuff like that they're like very much into that so we went to this place where they had like all these structures for each horoscope and depending on which direction your horoscope was pointing was depending on like which hor- which other horoscopes you're compatible with and it was just really cool and like um my mom and dad say so my mum is an Aries and my dad is a Taurus, I think, and our tour guide was like, oh, okay, and he's basically like, well, that means that, like, look at their positioning, that means that, like, you guys argue a lot, but you're never gonna, you'll never be apart from each other, like, you can't be apart from each other, because it was like, oh, I can't remember the positioning exactly, but it was like, they were in very close proximity, but the angle at which they were facing was, like, not the best one or something, so it was like, you fight a lot, and there's, like, they can be, like, tension sometimes, but you'll never parts you you can't be apart which was really cute i mean he was probably just bullshitting but you know it was sweet at the time and they were like oh what are we like and i was like oh cute we also went to see city palace which as you might be able to tell again the, the names aren't very inconspicuous like it's the palace of the city it is where the current maharaja of jaipur resides and it has a lot of history about all the Maharajas that have been there. Um, it's very grand. It's very cool to go and see. It's, I mean, Windsor Castle is like nothing. Oh, I actually haven't been to Buckingham Palace, so maybe Buckingham Palace stands up to that, but it was very, it's better than Windsor Castle. No offense, Queen. Yeah, but there was a general feeling of resentment towards the current Maharaja, whose name is Badmanab Singh. I don't know if I pronounced that right. Badmanab? That's how it's spelled. Now he's only 21. So he's very, very young. But there was lots of, you know, everyone we kind of spoke to or mentioned to the Maharaja, especially our tour guide was like, he's very young and he loves money. And all he cares about is money. And when we got back, I think it was like a week or two weeks after we got back, I'd read an article about how he was renting out one of the rooms in his palace on Airbnb. And you can go and stay there. an airbnb you can go and stay in the Maharaja's palace and it wasn't even that pricey to be fair like i mean it was pricey like i can't afford it i don't know what i'm on about like thinking who do i think i am it's not that pricey it was very pricey but it wasn't as pricey as i thought it was going to be from the impression i get he's very keen on money and making money and that didn't seem to go down well with the people who we spoke to about it and our tour guide especially um when he was telling us the general feelings towards the Maharaja in Jaipur, which I thought was really interesting. Another thing that I loved about it was the food. I would say that through the whole trip, we had our best food in Jaipur. I'm just thinking that and I'm thinking, is that accurate? Would I go as far as saying that? And you know what? Yeah, I think I would. I think we had our best food in Jaipur. It was delicious. It was, it seemed a bit, it was much lighter than Punjab, but it was still full of flavour, still really, really tasty. It was a dry state, so that means there's, you know, dry state, there's no alcohol. I don't know if it's just Jaipur or Rajasthan, but yeah, there was no alcohol. <laughs> so for the first time we went to the restaurant for dinner, the, our first dinner there, my dad was like, oh, like, I'll see, do you have a beer? Or like, can I see the wine menu? And the waiter just looked at him like, um, no we don't serve alcohol and he said he said to my dad like no beer here sir and my dad's face was like what and I was like dad it's fine you can last like three days without alcohol and he just looked at me like he was gonna cry but it was actually really nice it was really nice to have a break from something that was really heavy again but where there was alcohol the next night actually was when we went to a restaurant called Palladio in Jaipur which did serve alcohol so it was all good we had our cocktails we had our wine we were happy but this restaurant was just so that that first restaurant we went to the food was really really good this next restaurant we went to sorry the first restaurant we went to had live music it had these two guys one was playing a sitar and one was playing drums and I mean there weren't very many Indian people in this restaurant it was um a lot of tourists but it was really lovely. The food was really nice and the atmosphere was really nice. And, and it had been recommended on like all the websites. So I think that's obviously why there are a lot of tourists there. But then we went to this restaurant called Palladio, which was actually in a hotel. And it was just, number one, it was stunning. The interiors, it was all a kind of Moroccan blue kind of colour. Maybe a bit lighter, maybe a shade lighter than Moroccan blue. But it was just uh. And it had, like, white detailing on it, on the walls, on the inside. Um, But we actually sat outside. And it was just so dreamy. It was so nice. There were, like, fairy lights draped across this, like, gravel courtyard. And they had these sofa seats outside that had these pillared posts around them with curtains draped across the top. And, oh, God, I was just like, I'm in heaven this is my this is the lifestyle I want to live and it was just so lovely not only was the food delicious and the wine was pretty nice too it genuinely felt like we were sat, you know, we were sat there, we were sat outside, I was in like a strappy dress, it didn't feel a touch of cold, and it was October, and I was like, oh my god, this is heaven, heaven, and you know, we were just chilling, and it was, it felt like we were in Greece or Italy, it just felt like we were in a Mediterranean country, and it it was so, so lovely, and yeah, I definitely think the food that I had in Jaipur was the best food that I had throughout the whole trip. So, overall, I think I came to the conclusion, you know, when I got that, people were like, what was your favourite part of the trip? And I think I'd have to say it really was Jaipur. I really liked it there. We went shopping and on one of the days and even the shopping area, it had like these coloured streamers going across the the middle bit where the road was. There so there were shopping lines of shops, or I say shops, but you know, little little stall kind of shops um in this complex on both sides of the road and across the top of the road they had these wires going across with coloured streamers on it and it was just so pretty and it was so authentic and it was so nice to be there. And of course it was like really busy. There were still cars beeping stop and motorbikes trying to run you over and you know i mentioned in my daddy podcast there was a a, be- a girl a little girl probably two or three begging for money you know pulling on my on my clothes but asking for money when we were there and obviously like that doesn't go away that was all still there like just because you've gone to a different part of india doesn't mean like the culture has changed that much or like the bad things about the country have gone away no they were absolutely still there but I thought Jaipur was a really beautiful place so full of history and I loved that and it was I came away feeling like that was my favorite place and I'd love to go to other places in Rajasthan because I know that places like Jodhpur and Udaipur are supposed to be even more beautiful and really beautiful scenery um and a lot more greenery as well like Jaipur's quite a busy town it's quite like built up there's not a lot of green open green spaces that I saw anyway whereas the other ones are so I'd love to go back there and and see them because it was just lovely that's that that's the end of my India diary too that was my tales from Jaipur and Agra it was a bit of a quick one but I could sit here and tell you kind of all the history of the places but Why don't you just go and see for yourself? Or, you know, also there's Google, so just Google it. The thing is, we were only there for, I think, three days. Three days? I think we were there for three days, yeah. Oh, oh no, I forgot to mention. I also, lol, I got a heat stroke. (laughs) Jaipur is also very, very hot and... It's less smoggy than Delhi, so the smog kind of doesn't block the sun from being directly on you. And a lot of the places we went to were very open. A lot of the forts and the, the place with the sundial and everything was very open. And when we were in the sundial place, I think I got a heat stroke because I felt really sick and I felt like I was about to pass out. And I felt really tired. And I was like, Wow, I'm I'm weak. This is weak of me. But anyway, yeah, like I feel like there's not a lot to tell because I was just so absorbed into it and like nothing that i recall again like maybe my memory is failing me but i can't remember anything not nice happening like it was like one of the nicest parts of our trip and i feel like we learned a lot and it's the things i saw there um the buildings i saw there. i'm just like never gonna forget which hopefully never with my memory who knows but hopefully i'll never forget them but yeah so that's the end of that please let me know If you've been to Jaipur, what you thought of it, if you've listened to my last episode and you have some thoughts, if you have thoughts about this one, if you think I should just shut up and be quiet, please tell me because someone needs to tell me, otherwise I'm just going to keep going. But yeah, I'd really love to hear what you have to say and you can do that through a plethora of ways. You can email the podcast at chitchartpodcast at gmail.com two a's in the chart remember not chit chat chit chat you can follow the podcast at chit chat pod on twitter and it's at chit chat podcast on facebook and instagram you can also follow my personal instagram which is at kanika bands it's k-a-n-i-k-a-b-a-n-s mate if my name was like sarah smith I would not have to spell it every time I'm going to eventually stop spelling it because I feel like it's just long. You can follow me on my personal Instagram for fun content. You won't regret it. In the next episode in India Diary 3, I will be talking about Amritsar, which is in Punjab, and potentially my other time in Punjab as well but I'm gonna have to see how long it is and if it's like an over an hour long like no one wants to listen to all of that so I'm gonna have to cut it in half but yeah it will definitely be about Amritsar. it may also be about Punjab I don't know I haven't decided yet I'm not organized enough thanks for listening and tune in next time I've said tune in so many times this podcast well yeah I mean what else are you gonna say listen in listen up oh god and I always forget to say subscribe subscribe please Whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, whatever it is, please subscribe, comment, whatever, review. Reviews would help. I don't know. Yeah. Cool. I'm going to shut up now. God, it's been an hour. I've been in this gym room an hour. It smells funny. My bum hurts. My throat hurts. God. I'm breathing in everyone's sweat. Okay. Right.